0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the m M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Musker. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we're going to go over just uh, some stuff that's been happening around the NHL over the, um, the past week or so. Um, there's some suspensions that happened. I don't know. Do you want to get into any of them, Chase? Like, none of them are – they're all felt – kind of similar, kind of like headshot kind of things. I don't know if we need to dive into any of them specifically or not, but. Yeah, I don't really feel the need to. But, I'm um I, I, like, it's been so long, the player, Department of Player Safety in general, that I just don't really care to make that big of a deal of it anymore, unless, like, something absolutely insane happens. But it just, like, how many years, like, this is, what, our fourth, fifth year doing the podcast? And I mean the first couple of years, we used to break down every suspension. And it was the same crap over and yes. over again, where it's like, oh, we could have probably gone more than this. And, oh, they don't want to give more than one or two games. So that's that.
1: DPOS is uh, is who we thought they were.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, there's not much to talk about. Uh, but on uh, something that is definitely very newsworthy is uh, Alex Ovechkin has joined the 800-goal club. Uh, He scored his 800th goal the last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. We're recording on Wednesday night, so it'll be two days ago by the time you've listened to this. Uh, Just the third player in NHL history to reach that goal total. Uh, Obviously, he's only one goal behind Gordie Howe, so there's genuinely a chance that by the time people are listening to this, he has already tied or passed Gordie Howe the way he is scoring. Uh, And then obviously he is, I think he's only like, 98 back of uh, Gretzky now.
1: Yeah, he's only, what, two seasons away at OBP? Yeah, 94,
0: 894 is what the uh, record is. So, like, it it felt like just this offseason, we were still talking about, like, oh, if he gets 150-goal season, maybe, and then he's just got to get, like, three or four 30-goal seasons. This dude might hit it, like, next
1: year at this goddamn pace. He might hit it mid, like, 45-goal season. Like it yeah, went from it was, a really fun if to like, oh yeah, it's 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 happening. It's just oh, he's yeah. gonna do it.
0: Yeah, it's is it next year or is it the following year? I still think it's probably the following year is a little more likely um than next year, but you never know.
1: Yeah, Where's... it'll be the one after, I would
0: think. But he's looking
1: have to right now. Uh
0: and I've lost my
1: calculator in front of me. I've Ninety heard. goals in a season and a half. A little more than half would be insane, even for Ob.
0: Yeah, I mean, like he had so he has twenty goals in thirty-one games this year, which is like that's insane.
1: Yeah, that's got to be around his career pace too. Is the funniest part of what I'm nuts that is.
0: Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, it probably. I, I, I would assume. Sorry, what I say? Twenty in thirty-one. Oh my god, I can't type here. Thirty-one. Uh, for an 82 game pace, that is 53 goals. So, not well, I mean, like, not, not yeah, far off. No, he is so. He had he, he said 65, 56, 53 on the dot. Uh, yeah, I guess it'd be a sport that tied for his third most ever, Uh, in terms of a full season, which is kind of crazy just looking at the consistency of him. Oh man, he missed 51, he had 49 one time. His hockey DP the hockey DB page is wild because you think with him, there'd be like a couple 60 sprinkled in there. It's only been over 60 once. And then it's just literally basically 50 on the nose or right between 50 and 53 every
1: other season. Yeah. It's like either we miss time or it's 50.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So, if he does keep shooting at this percent, which I think is a bit of a stretch anyways, but let's just say for argument's sake, he does keep shooting like this. And this is, he does end up with 53 goals on the, uh, on the nose this year, right? That's 33 that he scored this year, uh, 894. So that would mean he'd have to have a big, yeah, he'd have scored 61 next year, which that's, that's, so that'd be two massive years in a row. But the thing is, let's say, let's bump what 53 down to 50 this year, 45?
1: Let's even say 45, say 45 is yeah. probably the best forecast.
0: He gets injured, maybe he goes just even cold for a little. Although at this point, like I don't even want to bet against him getting 50, but let's say he goes 45. Um, so he finishes with 25 more goals, that's 825 on the year. Uh, like that is literally 69. Nice. More goals than he needs. If he scored 45 the year following, even 40, that 40 goals would put him at 29. He just needs a 30 goal season the year after, which, again, obviously never a given when he's already 37, but it's as close to a
1: lock as you're going to get given everything else we've seen, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's as realistically close as you could ever be because what, yeah, we're 15 years in now this.
0: Not to mention, so there was a report that came out. Uh, I think it was Greg Ruchinski was talking to the Capitals owner Ted Leonis. and the owner basically said, "We're not rebuilding while uh, Ovechkin's going for this record." And I don't think they really have the option to choose that. I think they're going to be starting to naturally rebuild themselves because this team's just not going to be good enough. But I the think that actually battle, I think that helps Ovechkin go for this record, does it not? there's no one to take the puck from him. And just, like, you don't need to... Like, they're if you're actually hunting for, like, the, the top seed in your division or whatever, you do not want Ovechkin out there holding an empty net,
1: like with the other team having an empty mm-hmm. net
0: holding. Yeah.
1: They do if, play him in empty net situations way more than any normal person would guess after you process how horrible he is defensively.
0: Yeah, but, like, if you're... Fourteen points out of a playoff spot. What's it matter? Yeah, who cares? You know, and I know people were complaining about the empty nets the other night because he had two, I think, against someone. You didn't think Gretzky had empty net goals?
1: Well, that's the weirdest thing. I assume Gretzky had more.
0: Yeah, I don't know how easy I don't know if that's true or not. But... It would be to check it, but he definitely. Uh, so, number of empty net goals. Yeah, Gretzky has
1: 56, Ovechkin has 52. Yeah, there you go. So Ovi has ever so slightly more on a per-goal basis or whatever, but who cares about that small difference?
0: Yeah, exactly, because Ovechkin's been scoring on
1: goaltenders that actually know how to play the entire time. Yep. Well, and, like, replacement-level players as a whole are just – like, the idea that – old school players wouldn't do well in today's day and age is like really patently stupid. When Mario Lemieux played in a league with Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin uh, after retiring for three years and having cancer and still scored at a 60 point base. Uh, but when you're talking about the replacement level players, that's when it gets ugly, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, you make the argument that like health has been a huge thing for OV, obviously. And if Gretzky got to play past 35, but that that's, it's what ifs and that's all it is.
1: Yeah yeah exactly. so, and like part of what's insane about Obi's health too is like the style that he plays with it makes it literally the most of maybe most absurd thing in all of hockey
0: yeah exactly um so it's I I don't know much more to say of it other than just like it's really cool to think about like literally just like like I feel like it was just this summer we were kind of going well I don't know it still feels like a bit of a stretch that he might hit it like who knows if we're gonna see it too? Like, no, this is happening. And that like it's just really, really, really cool. Because this is one of the records I don't think anyone ever thought would be broken.
1: Yeah, this is this will probably be the biggest record to fall in our lifetime. You would have to think so. The points record's not going anywhere.
0: No, well, the assist record's definitely not
1: going anywhere. No. Um, so yeah, unless. Like, uh, and even like a wins one might be able to, even though goalies play way less, so that'd be kind of crazy too. But like, out of that, doesn't carry the same cashier. Eh?
0: No, it's the goals is the most important things in this, you know? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. The so, only one that could be cooler is the points record falling, but that is not going to happen.
0: Yeah. And like, even in terms of difficulty, like, there's not much more to say than just 894 goals. Yeah, it's you know, like it'd have to be the the point streak. You know how we were talking about miners up to what twenty four now? I think for the point twenty three something. something. And he's not even halfway to the, or he's halfway. No, not not even that. Not even halfway yeah, to the record because it's fifty one by Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky had a bunch of like forty bombs in there too, didn't he? Yeah, probably. Like, just imagine one half the season where it's like you don't go a single game without a point, point. Then he probably had one, then probably chew up another twenty game points streak, knowing him. Yeah, yes, he probably did. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, absolutely insane. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on Ovechkin because, let's be honest, that is one of the only reasons to tune into Capitals games this year. They are they are not very good, and they continue to get hit with the injury bug. Kemper's been out now as well. Um, you know, some people go, well, they're only bad because they're injured. It's like, well, they're also old as dirt. So, you know, maybe, maybe we should have saw
1: some of these injuries coming. Yeah, exactly. They're one of the oldest teams in the league, especially if you wait by like leverage or time on ice or whatever. So you I mean, don't get that as an excuse then.
0: They're quietly making a playoff push, I guess, as I say. Well, I mean, I look up the standings. They're one point out of a playoff spot right now.
1: Yeah, and they're like, they're doing good. They're on like a five game win streak. Yep. Like W5. That.
0: The Rangers are on W4 and a point behind them. Uh, the Rangers and Islanders are tied with 35 points for the final wild, uh, both wild card spots, technically so um <laughs> yeah i don't have much more say on the capitals other than that unless you have anything else you want to point
1: out yeah i got nothing it's it cool okay I, I wish we were uh as home for it actually yeah exactly like him hit 800
0: yeah i uh i only saw it we were playing soccer last night and i only saw it when i was walking back over to the car that he actually hit
1: it so yeah um it's like the last time I've been like, man, I wish I was watching a Capitals game. I don't find myself saying that very often anymore. No, I uh,
0: I can't. Say. Even just like for the past couple of years, I really haven't found them that exciting to watch. You know, like we talk about watchability or whatever. They yeah. just like, I don't know if it's because they've been so good for so long or what it is. But like, I just don't find them like
1: must see TV or anything like that, you know? No, like, their, their power play's cool just to see, like, Carlson and be trading off or whatever, but, like, I don't know. I'm lying to you. Like, I find that interesting to watch, but I'm lying to you. I'm like, man, i got to tune into a hockey game to see this.
0: Yeah, especially a regular season game. Like, sure, I'll watch them in the playoffs and everything, but, like, yeah, like, I almost just would rather go watch the allure of, like, what are the Buffalo Sabres going to do tonight and how many goals are they going to let up and score or whatever, right? Like, yeah as weird as it sounds so um all right there is uh, another piece of news uh we don't usually talk about waiver claims but this one felt like it was noteworthy enough that we should probably bring it up eli Tolbenen uh, got waived by the nashville predators and uh the seattle kraken ended up claiming him because of course they do uh if there's one thing you saw from this off season you should probably be wanting to follow moves that the kraken have done and I'm going to file this as another one that I really, really like into the basket of what they've done this off season and why they are
1: having some success this year compared to last year. Yeah. Turns out uh, Kraken are a smart team. They hired a whole bunch of smart people and put them into roles where it seems like they actually listen. And shockingly that has worked.
0: Yep. Exactly. And so Honestly, the waiver claim thing, the reason I want to talk about it is no, not even as much about Tolvin and himself. Um, obviously, he was a very highly touted prospect. He got drafted then absolutely tore up the KHL uh, with Jokerit the one year and then came over to Nashville for the playoffs and then just kind of hasn't done a ton since, you know, hasn't even He's looked up- that
1: special in the AHL to give people a, an example of how highly touted Tolvanen was in one of the first franchise rankings me and you did of like, who would you like to take over? One of my arguments for Nashville was like, well, they do have Ellie Tolvanen, like literally the best player, not in or the best, most valuable player, not in the NHL right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like as a 19 year old, he had 54 point or not 54, 36 points and 49, uh, um, KHL games which is just absolutely insane as an 18 year old he had 54 points and 52 USHL games like he's just been an absolute monster um you know when he was young and yeah he came over played with the Predators in the playoffs in um i sure not in the playoffs he played three games with them and then didn't get in the playoffs if I'm not mistaken um and then yeah just like Hasn't developed, I don't think, as people were expecting him to. You know, so he comes over in 2017-18. That's the insane uh, Yoker at KHL year. Uh, in 18-19, he's in the AHL. Has 35 points in 58 games. Not horrible for a 19-year-old, I guess, at the time.
1: Um, I still step back from that KHL production. Not because it, it's bad, but because that KHL production was
0: Exactly. And, like, even story. in the World Juniors, I remember him having a pretty... Disappointing year. He put up like four points in seven games that year. Um, and then, yeah, the following year, 2019 20, he plays the entire season in the NHL, does not get up the NHL at all. 36 points in 63 games. Again, that's another step back from 35 and 58. Uh, and then 2020, 2021, uh, he played 13 or so. He, he went back to the KHL and played uh, 13 points in 25 games there. Um, and also 22 points in 40 NHL games. And then last year was back full-time in the NHL, 23 points in 75 games. He re-signed a contract this summer that paid him uh, $1.4 million for two years, has four points in 13 games so far this year, and got waived and uh, has yet, by the looks of it, to make his Seattle Kraken debut. Um, So that's, that's one of the reasons why I think people were shocked that they couldn't trade him for anything, but... And and why so many he passed through so many teams. Like Seattle was 23rd on the waiver wire, I want to say, and they got him. And Seattle's good. Exactly. Um, It seems like the extra year was the issue, um, which just kind of makes me laugh because teams are so willing to give 1.45 in their roster spot to some 34 year old veteran, but they don't want to pick up one of the more highly touted prospects we've seen in half a decade.
1: Well, yeah, that's the weirdest part too. Usually, and a former first round pick, like he has everything that would scream overvalued, not undervalued.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the weirdest thing too is it kind of feels like, like I I have not watched him at all. So I can't like speak to it in depth or whatever with like any eye test or anything like that, you know? But like his analytics haven't been horrible in terms of. Like, he's been a good third-line
1: player, like a bottom-six kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Like Good. I don't know if this is – he does something offensively to put up the good defensive results, but, like, I don't know, a guy with a good analytical defensive profile, a former first-round pick and anything, these are usually the guys who – us stats people are like, oh, my God, they get way too many opportunities. Not the opposite.
0: Yeah, like – um, Micah's charge, love him defensively. Like his isolated impact has been like minus 10% defensively every single year for the last three years. Yeah. Um,
1: so probably just a good defensive player.
0: Yeah. To me, it kind of reminds me of like Eric Branstrom in Ottawa, where the expectations were this dude was going to go light up the league point wise. And instead, he's just been a good defensive result forward. And that feels insanely disappointing to people when yeah. in reality, where- there is value
1: to that expectations are a hell of a drug
0: yeah exactly so like like i can't believe Nashville just gave this asset up for now and and the other part of full i want to talk about is like and especially so i get a lot of this because i'm a sense fan so they're the top of the waiver wire every single time and the team is so (laughs) bad that basically anyone waived you could make an argument would probably improve the depth of the team over the past like four years right yeah and Tolvanen was another one where he got waived, and immediately people were like, "We gotta claim him! We gotta claim him!" and and this is one that I I won more than more, most guys in the past. I I won't uh, I won't lie, but then you know when the, he uh, inevitably doesn't get claimed, or whoever it is on waivers doesn't get claimed, the fan uh, the fan base is all just like pissed off, or whatever. "I can't believe we didn't claim him." I feel like people also overrate the difference these guys are going to make sometimes,
1: or oftentimes, to be honest. That's definitely true. Um, At the end of the day, even like a good third liner. It's kind of weird, though, because that almost makes it more like worse that you passed on it because like it's not a high leverage decision. So you might as well try. It's like a reason to and not to at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And like the 12 one, I think, is a little more special because it's like. He has three years of, not only does he have the, like, still, you know, he's only 23, maybe there's still some upside stuff, like the narrative there or whatever, but, like, he also has two or three years of actual good result in terms of defensive play. Now, again, teams may not value that as much as, say, we do. Um, But, like, I, the, um, I'm just trying to think of, like, another example of a dude who was placed on waivers, and, like, everyone's like, how could you not get that? It's like, well... Like marginally upgrade, wasting a roster spot to marginally upgrade your twelfth forward probably isn't worth it for the twenty second best team in the league, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's kind of where I'm like coming at mm-hmm. with like, I definitely agree in terms of like it's so low risk that if it's a third line player, I do think more teams should be willing to um, go and you know make a move for them or whatever. Yeah, but. If it's like, like, I'm just looking, um, hmm. Ryan Carpenter, Martin Martin Kelt got waived by the Colorado Avalanche the other day. Yep. Martin Kelt would probably be an upgrade on Ottawa's 12th or 11th forward this year. I don't know if they need to waste a roster spot of which they barely
1: have any to go get Martin Kelt, you know? Yeah, exactly. Whereas at least Tolvanen, and like you've seen some tangible reason to be like, oh. This could be, you know, because the thing is about there's non-linearities, right? Like even if Tolbin can be a a number six forward, all of a sudden that's like, Jesus, you found like a ton of value there, right? Yeah, I or Martin it's totally. like, yeah, he could be a better 12 than your 12, but honestly, that doesn't really matter.
0: Exactly, right? Like the the ability to keep a contract spot open in case someone at the deadline goes like shoot we really need to offload this dude we'll give you a first round pick to do it like that's much more valuable even just the idea of having it there you know yeah so um yeah that's all i really wanted to bring up on Tolbin is that i think it's a pretty good move for the um seattle kraken in terms of like it just adds another depth forward to bring something different to their team um And you know, I don't really understand what Nashville's doing, but um, just more the the talk of the waivers as well is what I kind of wanted to bring up because you know it's always funny when a guy gets waived, and uh, especially when it's like a a guy who analytics community loved like four years ago, even if he's not very good anymore. And you just see like eight fan base be like, we need to claim this guy. It's like no, probably you probably don't. Like you really don't.
1: Yeah, most of the time, I. This is one of the scenarios I think the league is probably closer to correct than we are publicly, but, like, still. there's That doesn't mean it's always true.
0: And it it all depends what the end goal is, right? If giving yourself every little bit of margin to win is the end goal, sure, maybe there are a couple teams that would want to claim a guy like that. But, like, for 15-plus teams, arguably, in the league, that probably isn't the end goal in terms of, like, overarching we're doing everything in our power to do that right
1: yeah exactly like even kind of theory it should be but all basically in practice it shouldn't be if that makes sense
0: yeah exactly like obviously you know like the idea is to win games but like again for a team that is rebuilding it doesn't make sense And like it just doesn't make sense to add a guy who's going to add one percent win margin onto your total because it's like well, we don't actually
1: want that. Yeah, and also like it, it Tolvan and the defensive results have been consistent for a while, so I have a little bit more confidence there. But like the error bars on our defensive estimates are like really wide too. So like a 2% increase in a player's defensive estimated value, like it honestly might not be worth the trouble of like acclimating them to a new team and all that because they might not actually be better a lot of the time
0: yeah I, I exactly so um yeah that's that's all I really want to hit on with um the and thing uh something I want to bring up that I just actually see yeah. literally right now that
1: I didn't I missed a couple of weeks ago um, oh, also sorry one thing it probably would piss people off if you're just like constantly charting through depth forwards
0: that's, that's the other thing it's like I know we kind of Uh, like uh, the talk about chemistry and all that is overrated in hockey circles, but like there is something to be said that like, if the 11th or 12th best forward on your team is a dude that everyone likes and you're bringing in a random guy because there's a chance he might be 2% better. There's a good argument to make that the risk of that is not worth the value of pissing everyone else off that, you know, their buddy is now being sent to the AHL or waived himself because you brought in this guy
1: that no one knows how it's going to fit exactly like that well, at the bottom of the lineup when you're dealing with oh this guy might be like one goal above replacement better well we gotta respect that we have pretty large error bars there and then like even if one guy's 52 percent likely to be better and the other guy's 48 like it's probably not worth pissing people off in for 48 or for the 52 exactly. i mean yeah exactly
0: um where I was gonna go, I just missed on Capron. I missed this completely. Uh, you know, Peter Kotchkev, the Carolina Hurricanes goalie, right now who has stepped in with that Anderson Hurt. Um, he's playing really well. Uh, like apparently, I think he's one of the like the, he was a pretty highly touted prospect, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, second, second round, 36th overall in 2019. He's only 22. Uh, he came in last year, played three games for them, 902 save percentage, and then four games in the playoffs. 869 was uh, not great in the playoffs. Um, he's played 11 games with them this year, 918 save percentage, 221 goals against average, but really, really good. They signed him to a four year deal a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, that would kind of slid under the radar. It was like, I mean, it's worked out thus far. It was a weird contract, though. Pretty unprecedented. I don't know if you use it. I love this. There.
0: I love this. It's two million dollars. The dude is the uh, like a highly touted goalie prospect. So let's say he's absolutely awful. Hey, you can eat most of that in the minors. So it's not going to matter. But yeah. if he is that horrible, I'm sure you could probably find another team to go say, "Yeah, we'll take a shot at a 25 year old making two bu- two million
1: bucks for the next year and a half." Yeah. No, I like I like the logic, and it's what we talk about all the time. If if we want the league to pay for what you're going to be, not what you already were this is the logical extension of things like that
0: yeah yeah exactly like um and, and so again like two million dollars is nothing so like and i think the like, thing, right it's like, not a strong could, bet n- no exactly like he could be there if he, he turns in their starting goalie even in two years from now you're getting two to three years of absolutely steal of value from this guy
1: yeah you can make like you can make three times your money, but you can only lose what's variable, like 1.4 or whatever. So you can only lose like 600K.
0: Exactly, right? So, um, no, I love this deal. And, you know, I'm not ready to crown him like the next massive thing or anything. I I don't know enough about it, but like he's played well so far. And I just like, I I, I didn't even see that until now. So that's, I think those are just like the kind of moves that I think, you know, they go so under the radar, but I do think they're like very sneaky smart in terms of like, Everyone just kind of looks at it. It was all oh, two million dollars. If that doesn't work out, you're stuck with it on your cap. It's like, no, that's not how the salary cap works, you know. Yeah. And it's it just very smart to use the nuances of like knowing it's more like six hundred k than two million that you'd you'd be losing out on this deal.
1: Exactly. That's uh, that's Earl's work in action, I
0: assume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, that's. I, I just want to bring that up quickly because I, that caught my eye. I literally did not see that deal at all and, until I was just kind of going through um, cap friendly right now. So, um, yeah, good. I'm, shocker. Good work from Hurricanes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Big surprise there. I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As if that needs to be even really sad. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's go on to a couple trends with a couple teams. I want to bring a few teams up here uh, for similar reasons really, but definitely different type of teams than we were expecting. Um, Let's go with the Anaheim Ducks first.
1: This team sucks. Yeah, like, I I knew they were bad. That hasn't shocked me for a while. However, um, last night I was watching the Leafs game and they did like the sport logic stats thing and where they rank in the league. It was just like 32, 32, 32, 32 for Anaheim. And I was like, Jesus, I didn't realize it was that bad.
0: Literally Frankie Corrado had just said the same thing on overdrive today. It was, he was like, yeah. Cause like sports logic, I guess sends TSN of the bunch of like the packages before every game or whatever. And yeah. he said he was looking at the exact same thing. He's like, it was all just red 32s in the thirties. <laughs> He's like, I couldn't believe it. And, I had the same thing where it's like I was watching them play Ottawa who has lost Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, um, Artem Zub is out. Like Tyler Mott is out. Like they've lost just half their team basically. They just absolutely slapped the Ducks around.
1: Yeah. And then and like. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, oh, I was just like, you see a team like the Ducks with some talent when they're in the last at this point in the year. And like, I don't know. I was like, oh, it's probably a bit of PDO luck in there or whatever. No, they're like, legitimately the worst team in the league like they're worse than the coyotes who we thought were going to be like historically bad
0: yeah like i've heard multiple people like describe as the worst team they've seen play in years and they like they just don't play with the structure which is accurate like i've only watched them three or four times this year but every time i watch them play another i can't remember who said this one but another good one was just like it looks like a bunch of guys who are just playing shimmy for the first time together yeah there's just no no cohesiveness cohesiveness at all
1: yeah, I felt that watching last night. Like uh, the shots, they were actually winning in shots for the first little bit, but like the Leafs kept doing things. And when they scored, it's like, yeah, you, you probably can't give the Leafs these looks or they're going to go in on you. Yeah, exactly. And like I just, I thought this team was gonna be okay.
0: They're not like really good or anything like that. Like I thought they were gonna be near the bottom five, but I thought like with adding Klingberg and having Fowler, Drysdale, and Shattenkirk on the blue line. I was like, oh, their blue line's going to be good enough to move the puck to, you know, some of the young guys. Like, they're going to be able to score their way out of trouble. They are, they have 130 goals against, which is by far the most against in the league. Then ne- the next most, I think, is the Jackets at 115. And the Jackets are rocking like an 890 save percentage. Uh, the Kings have given up 118 actually as well. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize how high a been. the Kings hockey was. Um, They have one win in regulation so far. Jesus. One win. We are in middle of December. And they've only won one time where the other team didn't get points.
1: That's hilarious. That's impressive, actually.
0: It is impressive. So they've been to overtime or shootout uh, nine different times. So they're, they're six and three in that. Someone made up a, again. I just I've been listening to so much people rip on the ducks and stuff. Someone else up a point where it's like, imagine if they a couple of those games flipped and they were 320 and six in the standings right now.
1: That's also true.
0: Like they'd be at 14 points in 30
1: games. Yep. Yes, yeah, that's that's horrific. The Coyotes are like openly trying to be one of the worst teams ever assembled and the fact that they're worse is truly impressive
0: yeah and it's like it's just getting one of the points now where it's like i almost wonder how much it's dead like they're on what was the record what was that uh absent team and the detroit team what was their points from the past couple of years in terms of like worst teams we've seen
1: the cap era i think because a replacement level team the old estimate was would be 52 points and i'm pretty sure the abs were 48
0: i thought they yeah were... okay. i thought they were 47 48 or 49 yeah right now if the ducks keep up this pace they're on pace for 46.46 points so 46 and a half points
1: yeah so they could be what were the McEichel sabers uh that would have been 2015 right it's so annoying that they uh they didn't get McDavid in that tank that was clearly for McDavid, because you have to reference Eichel too, since that's who they actually ended up with. Yeah, exactly. We'll side note. Uh oh, so that's the wrong. Oh, 2014-15. Come on.
0: 2014 NHL standings. Sorry, this is great podcasting. Uh that team had they went 21-51 in 10. They had 10 overtime losses, so 42, 52 points. Exactly. Replacement Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then the – I'm trying to find that Avs team. What well, was 2016 or 17, the Avs team?
1: that it was abs the Kael McCarr year, right? And McCarr was 2017 draft. That sounds right. 2015-16, 2016-17.
0: They had 48 points that year.
1: That was 48. There
0: we go. Yeah. So, like, the Ducks are on to be worse than that team. That was the worst team I've ever seen in the Cap era.
1: Yeah. And that team was, like, they obviously played horrible, but I think they were, like, extra sewered by goaltending, too, if I remember that part of it correctly. Yeah, they gave them 278 goals over the entire (laughs) year.
0: Um, We're a minus 112.
1: Liverpool. ruined his three-year RAPM chart in that season, single-handed.
0: Yeah. And that was, like, the year that Patrick Wall walked out right as the season was starting, because that was Jared Bednar's
1: first year. which yeah, is where everyone's so, like, this guy sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I guess if there's a positive for Anaheim fans, we have seen, because I was about to say, what point does it get to, like, where Zegers and McTavish's development's getting ruined from this? But, like, I guess the plus is we have seen, you know, McKinnon, Landis, Scott, and all made it through that year. And, be you know, maybe not better because of it, but, like, the team is better because they had a high pick out of the year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's so bad. Like, so Ottawa, said I just li- listed off all the injuries that the Ottawa Senators had uh, last night, right? Um, yeah. Ottawa's beating the Montreal Canadiens 3 nothing right now uh, as we speak. Montreal yeah. it plays a back-to-back against Anaheim tomorrow they are Montreal favored probably win montreal's favored on cool bet at minus 138 that's hilarious that's a- the ducks are plus 145 you can get the ducks anywhere from plus 120 to plus 145 uh safe is actually the best app um do you know where i found this chase i think i might found it with our friends with BetStamp. Uh, do you know the best way to make money while sports gambling is to have multiple different sports books open at the same time. So you can compare and line shop. Well, bet stamp helps you to do that. Um, uh, all you have to do is use the Betstamp app. It is totally free and it'll show you for any game you want to place. Uh, it will show you all the odds across the available sports books to you. So if, for example, uh, the ducks and Canadians, I just brought it up. Um, if I wanted to go bet the Anaheim ducks, I am saying they're getting off the schneid tomorrow. They're getting their second regulation win um you know if i had a couple different sports books open maybe i went to fanduel and saw them at plus 1 126 using the betstamp app i can go and see that they're actually plus 145 at betsafe which means i'd be making much more money on my investment um betstamp is completely free uh you can also track your you can track your picks throughout and uh, multiple different leagues and sites as i mentioned and you can also uh uh track the marketplace so there, there's people that um Post their picks on there and you can see how they've been doing their return on investment. And you can follow their picks again, all completely for free. Um, you can find it in the app store wherever you get your apps. Uh if you do download Betstamp please use the referral code MM Hockey. It would be uh huge for us. And thank you to BetStamp for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know much more to say on Anaheim. They are they're very bad. Like it, it's just that's the only way I can really describe that like, they're just. I don't even know. They're going to be bad for a little while too. Like this is one thing I kind of kind of came into this year thinking that like, oh no, like they could be maybe two years away from starting to get good or whatever. It feels like they need a lot more. And maybe, maybe some of it is in the pieces that they've still had drafted in the minors or whatever. Cause they definitely have some um, very good prospects if I'm not mistaken, but like they need a lot, a lot of help. Eh?
1: Yeah. That's the saddest part is, you can make a pretty decent argument that they still need to bottom out.
0: Well, because, like, so now I'm saying it, like, I don't know. Like, so Mason McTavich was their big prospect, obviously. He was in the NHL this year. Um, Owen Zellweger is another guy. He was round two in 2021. Um, I'm trying to think. They took 2021 10th overall, Pavel Yukov, another a, a lefty. McTavich is also a lefty. Uh, they have a goalie, Lucas Dostal McTavish center. Yeah. McTavish is center. Uh, Dostal played against Ottawa, got lit up the other night. He's supposed to be like their goalie of the future. Uh, Jacob Perot is their right winger, 20 year old prospect. Um, Drew Hellison's a right defenseman, 21 years. But again, he's like 21 already. Like, I don't think you could expect him to come in and make a massive difference or anything like that. So, um, yeah, they're definitely going to, have to keep bottoming out and, and and refilling the uh cupboard here. Um, you know, and the good news is I guess like they they are probably in position to get some some decent picks this this year. They have three seconds already this year, two seconds next year, two thirds this year. Um, I think it's an absolute guarantee that Klingberg and Shattenkirker probably moved this deadline. And like Klingberg, even with a not a great year, probably what it's a second or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, if they're willing to retain half, which I yeah, assume maybe, they can do, I bet she does. Pretty a first. Well. Um, Given the, how highly touted he was, I bet she's a first right-handed puck-moving defenseman who's been a top-four defenseman for years at the deadline. That is literally on every team's "Hey, we need that list."
0: Yeah, and like the, I'm pretty sure the market's pretty weak this year in terms of like stuff to buy. Yeah, it just if feels like there's
1: the market's dried up on everything. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I, part of me wonders if that's because there are still a bunch of teams that, like, kind of feel like they're in it, you know? And, like, even, like, teams that are – like, Ottawa's bad. Ottawa doesn't want to sell this year, though, because they've been selling for six years, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, in a normal year, you would look at where Ottawa is in the standings. You know, Artem Zub would probably be one of the top guys on the, the – de- like, he's, like, a number two defenseman who can play defensively sound, right? Like, that would be – a massive piece for any team that would want to pick him up. But, like, he just might not be available because the Suns probably going to want to keep him.
1: Yeah, he almost he certainly won't be.
0: Yeah, so um, – but, yeah, Shattenkirk, I'm sure, will pick up, like, a mid-round pick. Um, but they don't have a bunch more to flip up front. Like, you know, they, they just – to me, this is a team that, like, they just really missed the mark on a lot. Like, Silverberg is a guy they should have sold, you know, way earlier on. Um, Raquel last year. Like, they should have – was not Silverberg's best season when Ryan Kessler was his center? Yeah, Silverberg has not been good, in like six
1: years. And he's right. still a value until like three years ago. Wasn't that the Silverberg Cogliano Kessler line? Yeah. It was Kessler and Cogliano. I think Silverberg was third. Like it was that long ago that he was he had oh, yeah, like Silverberg's value.
0: thirty-two now. Yeah. It makes like, sense. Yeah, but they should have flipped him when he was like 26, 27. And, you know, probably would have got a first back, even, you know, whether or not he deserved it.
1: Oh, but, I think in 2016-17, if he was the third third player on that Kessler line, which, like I said, I'm pretty sure he was, you would have definitely got a first-round pick for him. Young player who could score on one of the best two-way lines in hockey.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, But it just there's it just a bunch of those guys where they kind of have just held out too long on them, and now I don't really know what to do because – you know, even this new like I just said, they probably got to rebuild for another three, four years. Troy Terry's already 25. You know, Max Comtois, 23. Uh, Max Jones, 24. Those were supposed to be the next guys. Like, even Trevor Segris, you know, it's not the end of the world, but he's 21 years old. If you got to rebuild for three more years, he's going to be 24 when you're, like, starting to want to get good again.
1: Offense peaks on average at uh, at 23. Shout out to, uh, to Mike's new research for that. Yeah, so, like, it's just... He might miss his peak.
0: Yeah. And, and like, you know, it, yeah, you can argue like,
1: it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Cause it's not like you just drop off a cliff for most guys at 20 after 23. But like, yeah,
1: I'm sure Sanders is. will still be good when he's 30 or whatever. But still.
0: Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you'd probably rather use it when he is at his peak or whatever.
1: Yeah. And you miss the ELC you know, years at very worst. Those are mm-hmm. definitely gone. Yep. So
0: um, the other team I wanted to talk about was the Calgary Flames. I'm really worried about them. This Um, is bad. Yeah. And so like, this has been purely from an eye test standpoint from mine, because their analytics are still fine. They're fourth in Corsi four and 11th in expected goals. You know, not awesome or anything like that, but not bad. They look hideous. Like they 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 don't look good. I've watched them uh, for, I think it's probably been three or four games in the past week or so. And it's just like, and again, like that's a small enough sample. It could just be an unlucky set of games. But like they, they were getting like outplayed thoroughly by a Columbus Blue Jackets team that just last week, we were talking about how they're probably not mad when their players get injured. (laughs) The
1: the funny thing with the Flames too, you can... The Athletic did like a ranking teams four years from nothing today, and the Flames came out 15. The Flames are one of the oldest, uh, most expensive teams in the league, and you can make an argument they're all well with no prospects. They're not like great prospects, anyways, and you can make an argument they're already 15th.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Flames. I would be top my list to be like. One of the worst teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In four years. And the funny like, thing. I is think they'll the, be
1: worse in four years than the Blackhawks are. Yeah, I do totally agree. Yep. One um, of those two teams can have Fantilli at that point, which is probably going to be more valuable than everything on the Flames roster at that point.
0: Yeah, hell the other one might have Bedard. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, um yeah, no, like the the flame, and like even the
1: prospects they do have, their coach refuses to use them. Did you see uh, Byron Raiders post about that? No, I didn't. He had a a thing about who has graduated. Oh, oh yeah, Merrill Sutter's like, been a coach, and like none of them are short. Yeah, well, and so i pretty sure they just
0: called up. Uh, was it Matthew Phillips? I want to say 24 year old who was a uh, um, he was a sick round yeah, pick, yes. but they basically told him they're going to play his first NHL game, and then scratched him like. Three, day, or three hours before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is a guy, for those who who are unaware, has absolutely massacred the AHL.
0: Yeah. Like, and, and like so many of their prospects have massacred the AHL. Yeah. Like, he um, had 30 points in 20 AHL games this year, 68 and 65 the year before. And like, that's the same story with like, it feels like every one of their prospects, like Jacob Peltier is the same way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 25 points in 23 AHL games uh last yeah. year he had uh 62 and 66 or two yeah last year like it, it just but dare just refuses to use them and then when he comes up they get like eight minutes of game time it's like well, what do you expect them to do in that time
1: yeah of course they, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that would be. yeah
0: so i'm i don't know like I, they so they played the jackets got absolutely outplayed by the jackets played the leafs um again, like I didn't, you know, we watched that game kind of at your place, but I I didn't get to watch like a ton of it or whatever, but it didn't look like they played that well either. You know, they let up 34 shots against the Leafs and and, um, they only took, uh, um, uh, I just lost it. Uh, I, I think they took 20 something, but like from what I heard, it was kind of Matt Murray having an off game more than anything else that kept them in that game, you know, like,
1: yeah, I didn't it's, watch enough of that to know, to be
0: honest. It's just it's one of those things where yeah, Murray had twenty-six shots against. Um, and then they played the uh Canadians the other night, and the Canadians won a shootout, and from the you know, I watched part of that game as well, and like it was a pretty good back and forth game. Like the shots were thirty eight, thirty five, Montreal. Uh, both goalies played really. Markstone played Unreal, which at least is, you know, that's promising, at least if you're the a Flames fan. But like again, it was just one of those things where it's like If you're getting outplayed even slightly by the Montreal Canadiens after getting embarrassed by Toronto and Columbus,
1: you got an issue here. Yeah, the Leafs did that with this record. People would be like, I don't know. We passed Fire Keefe when they had like a bad seven games, so it would probably be like kill Matthew's parents or something at that point. It would be (laughs) really bad. Like...
0: And, like, you know, maybe some of the heat is not on because they did win three in a row before going on this three-game skid. And, and they got two points. Like, they, they lost the Leafs in overtime as well. So, one zero 0 2 or zero one one 2 looks a lot better in 0-3-0. But, um, yeah, like, they lost the Canadians on December 1st as well. So, they've dropped two to the Canadians now. They played the Canucks as we're recording this tonight. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, then they go Blues, Sharks, Sharks, uh, Kings, Ducks. That is like so: Canucks, Blues, Sharks, Sharks, Kings, Ducks. Those six games. That's got to be a minimum four wins.
1: Oh yeah. At this point, that's got to be five. Or like you're losing an OT every loss kind
0: of thing. Yeah, exactly. And like so, they they have five loser points, so they're three points behind Edmonton for the um, first wild card spot, and they're one point behind the Minnesota Wild for the second. But they've also played one more game than the Wild have, so. You know, like, it it is still the point where the West is so weak that if you do take four to the next six, five to the next six, you know, you are right back probably in a playoff spot in the driver's seat there. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I just – this team, I don't know if it's just still more adjustment. Like, they're just not – they just look
1: different to me. This is something I'm going to look into because specifically of the Flames and the Senators. And I know this happens every year, but these ones felt more real. The, like, continuity thing that I've brought up before. Like, I think all else being equal, a 100 GAR team or whatever, like, the more of them who have been there before, the better that team is likely to be. And I'm going yeah. to test that because of the way that... Like, the flames on paper got possibly better.
0: Yeah, like, that's what they, Like, they added probably more per player. They probably improved... Yeah. Right. Like just in terms of Kadri, Uyghur, Huberdo in and Kachuk, um, Goudreau, and then whoever the third roster spot you need to put there is out. Yeah. But then, you know, that part of the reason is, you know, on paper, they definitely get better, but Huberdo has been miserable. He's been really bad this year. He has been. Um, and I don't know, I haven't really looked to see if that is, like, uh, um, bad luck. Like, he's playing good defensively on his RAPM chart still. So, you know, maybe it's just still some bad luck, but he's not creating offensively like we're used to seeing. Um, and that has been, you know, a, a drag on this team because they need him to produce.
1: Yeah, or maybe this is his uh, his Dale Hunter years where you sue <laughs> the offense and the defense does get a little bit better.
0: Yeah, true. He's been, like, like, he's very blue in defense, which is hilarious. Because, you know, last year it was the reason he did not deserve any heart votes is because he didn't play a second of defense in his own end. That is actually pretty funny that he's flipped that much. But, um, yeah, well, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I, I, something tells me they'll still be okay just because of how, like, mediocre the West is, but they're very lucky they're not in the East this year. Because if they were... Like, this would be a team that I'd be considering almost dead in the water right now.
1: Oh, yeah. If you flip them, like, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so... I don't know.
0: It's I, I do think they'll be okay, but it, the, the next four or five games are going to be very telling. I think, right? Like, you need to... If you even go 500 over this next six games, it's like, wow, you, you were in some trouble, I think. You're screwed, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I I just want it was something I want to bring up, and like again, I the reason I try and hesitate is I hey, we're doing a weekly podcast, so obviously we got to talk about the weekly trends. Um, but I think you know, you and I both try and stay away from just doing well, we saw this for two games, so that's what we think now, right? Especially that's a dangerous game to play over an entire year, and that's why I want to bring up that their, their underlying numbers are still very solid as a team. Um, so you know, I'm not like completely hitting the panic button, but what I've actually like watched over like Two games kind of closely, and a third one where it was on in the background. I was just so
1: uninspired. By yeah, I could definitely see that. I've I've watched less of them than I would have liked to this year, but yeah, even like an XG, they're they're fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even yes, strength yeah. X, XG for evolving a hockey, like
0: that's not. Yeah, and they're they're not uh, uh, in natural stat trick. Like they're not. Yeah, and like, like obviously, that's probably not where they we expect them based off like last year. But
1: it's definitely not horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and like Huberto's a passer, so like maybe their true XG is like slightly higher because is not just a passer; he's like close to the Matthews of passing kind of thing. But still,
0: yeah, exactly. But so it'll be interesting to you know keep an keep an eye on them, see where it goes. Um, But yeah, it was just something I figured I should bring up there. They're definitely, when I say there's two teams I'm, or like when I want to talk about two teams that aren't doing very good, they are nowhere near the team of obviously like the Anaheim that we, uh, um, just talked about, like they are much better than Anaheim and I expect them to be 10 times better than Anaheim. I'm nowhere near as worried, but, uh, yeah, it's just been a weird trend that I was, you know, I'm going to definitely want to keep an eye on over the next week or two here.
1: Yeah. We found a watch going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, let's eh, we're about 40 minutes in. I'm trying to open Excel right now, see if we have anything for the career game. It's not loading very well. Um I'm just thinking we could probably do something to wrap up the podcast here quick. Either an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Uh, we could do can we name general managers, head coaches, uh, or we can do uh, the career game. I have a couple categories for them, not a ton, but I'm good with whatever. Uh, you know what? Let's try and do. Can we name head coaches? So we did okay. captain. Can you name this? Uh, we did captains a couple weeks ago, and we went what thirty-one for thirty-two. I think.
1: Yeah, um, I. Uh, that's this never shows up in any data I work with, though. I'm gonna be a lot worse at this one.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to be pretty bad at this one too. I fully, especially with how quickly head coaches um, rotate. Yeah. So let's just go division by division, I guess, and let's start with the Atlantic because I feel the best about that one, obviously. Uh, yeah. So we have DJ Smith and Sheldon Keith. Yeah. Um, Derek Cooper. Lalonde is the Detroit guy.
1: Yeah. Cooper's Cooper
0: is and- St. Louis. Yep, St. Louis, there's five.
1: Good old Paul. Um, in Florida. Yep, yep. Um, Do you know the Bruins one?
0: Because it's Yeah, it's Jim Montgomery, right?
1: Yeah, because it's not who you were yeah. for, who you would think at first, because Cassidy was fantastic there.
0: Yeah, it's Jim Montgomery, so there's seven. And then, oh, what's the guy in Buffalo's it's, name? Uh, Granado. Yeah, Dan Granada, because it's um, he's Ray Ferraro's like brother-in-law or something like that. It's a weird connection. I don't know why I know it, but I think I just heard Ray talk about it on the radio one time. But that's a fun fact. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, because he's he's married to Cami Granada. That's why. So and am there. Okay. So it's yeah. Um, okay, so there's eight for eight in the Atlantic. It's going to go downhill here from
1: here, I think. Yeah, the Atlantic. What, the fact what division... that we both cheer for a team in the same division is bad for these games.
0: Maybe we stick with the Eastern bias. Metro yeah,
1: Sullivan be for Pittsburgh. Just, yeah, uh, Rod.
0: Yeah, Brindamore for Carolina. Uh, Trots for Philly, or uh, not Trots? Trots Force, for sorry. Philly. Not not. Trots, yeah. Force, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, now that Trots is gone, I don't know the Islanders. I know.
0: Jordan oh, uh, to New York. Yeah, go for for the Rangers. Uh, the Islanders is um. Oh, I'm not gonna get this either. I don't know his name. It, it was their assistant coach under Trotz. Uh
1: yeah. man, I I have looked at it now and I yeah, uh, I, shoot, I, I vaguely I, remember it, but I was yeah, I don't think
0: I would have got it. It's Lane Lambert. I don't think I would have got it, but I definitely like know it. Um okay, so we're we're not gonna we didn't get that one. Um uh, so we got Sullivan, uh torts, rot the bod
1: laviolette
0: laviolette that's a good one um, lindy in new jersey yeah rough and uh you already said the rangers um
1: Who's
0: what's anymore he missing here oh the jackets oh i don't know yeah the jackets.
1: i don't know it either
0: uh again he was an assistant coach for so long i'm pretty sure with the jackets uh are we when we're missing an eighth team here are we
1: no, I think we did a rod, Lindy, we screwed up the Islanders, we got Gallant, we got Philly, we got Sullivan, we got um yeah, well no we got everyone except for the, the blue jackets.
0: Okay. Uh well let me look up the blue jackets so I can see if I don't I don't think no Brad Larson, yeah. I would like found a million heard of them, but definitely wouldn't have pulled that one. Uh all right, so Well, coming out of the East, 14 out of 16 is a little better than I thought we were going to do. It's going to get ugly in the West, though. All right. Let's start in the Central. The Stars are uh, Pete DeBoer. Yeah. The Jets are – who coached the Stars?
1: Jim McCrubbin, I uh, I was about to say.
0: No, it's the older dude who, who coached them after.
1: Oh, um, God, he what's wants,
0: his name? He wants to say Rick talking, but that's not right.
1: He uh, was, um, he's
0: been around for like, oh, he's been a uh, he, stupid he one of the most of- like coached games uh, behind the bench ever in terms of he, like, it's not even his first time coaching the Jets. And
1: like, we no, weren't even not. alive the first time he did it.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah, it's where, it's where he started too. Um, uh, what is his name?
1: I don't know that. I remember Uh, talking about this because we were like, Jesus, he started coaching in like the 80s. Ryan? No.
0: Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've just pulled it out. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It has to be him.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. So Rick Bonus. Who else? Uh, The Avalanche is. Bednar, yeah, I already mentioned him this podcast. Uh the Wild.
1: I remember we were talking about him for Coach of the Year last year, and I don't remember.
0: I don't think I'm going to be able to pull his name, but I, yeah, I. Uh,
1: I also uh, like don't oh Dean Evison. Yeah, I remember the Coach of the Year thing about him. The Coyotes, I don't even know how to like start guessing at.
0: Uh yeah, I don't think I know the Coyotes either. The Blues is um, shoot. Who they? Who's the Blues? I I definitely know the Blues. Oh, blues is brew, man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah thank you. Um, the Predators is it
1: still John Hines? I think so. He's the last Predators coach I know. I'm oh, I mean, well, so Yeah, just John guess Hines, it. So. Yeah.
0: Um. So we have the Stars, Jets, As, Wild, Predators, Blues. So we don't know the Coyote, or we didn't get the Wild, but so Coyotes. uh, I'll look it up. They're taking the owl on the Coyotes uh, and the Blackhawks. I don't think I know. Andre uh, Torney is the Coyotes head coach.
1: I don't even know if I've heard that name before.
0: I think he coached Team Canada at points, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Um, And then Chicago. I don't even know, because it's not... Who got fired? There was a... Oh, yeah, Luke Richardson's Chicago. Okay. Because, yeah, one, Derek King was the guy was... Um, but, all right, so there is... So we have now
1: three wrong in that division. <laughs> That's a tough one. I oddly feel more confident about uh, the Pacific. I guess it's because Vinny's an Oilers fan, so I feel like I watch a little more Pacific yeah. division games just randomly. Well, so Flames, Daryl Sutter... Yeah. Dallas yeah. Eakins. I remember seeing his face last night. Uh, Jay Woodruff in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah Woodruff, Boudreau,
0: Edmonton, Boudreaux, Canucks, uh, Haxwell, Seattle. Haxwell, Seattle, Todd McClellan in LA, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Vegas Cassidy is Cassidy.
0: Cassidy. Vegas, uh, yeah. So seven.
1: And uh, then we don't know the Sharks. Who I don't is know. the Sharks? I know Greer's their GM. That's all that's
0: I got. You like the Sharks is a bigger name.
1: Oh, I don't think I
0: have the Sharks, though. I didn't either. I'm trying to think. No, I, I don't. I'm going to look them up real quick. See if... Uh Oh, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if you could get... You might get this. Former coach. He has coached before. Uh, I believe he coached... I want to say it was the Canucks... Um why why is hockey db being so stupid? Oh no, it was the Rangers. He was the Rangers. It was the last team he coached. Before Rangers. That's not Galant. No, before Gallant, this dude had a track record of ruining prospects, which is why it was hilarious that uh he took over a team that's supposed to
1: be entering a rebuild. I want to say Dan Quinn, but that's a football coach
0: so close it is a d quinn <laughs> oh is it yeah david quinn oh, okay yeah yeah he uh boston university he coached for a while um and then yeah yeah because they got him from the, college
1: they're like he's the prospect whisperer
0: yeah and they went uh 32 and 36 missed the playoffs 37 28 lost in the qualifying round and then 27 23 missed the playoffs Jeez. yeah and he got cant so um I yeah that that was what I knew they had someone that like I had known before but yeah honestly you know what twenty six out of thirty two is not as bad as I thought we might have done that one yeah that's that's better than I expected yeah so I knew mean, that's that's a little, you know that's a pretty good passing grade yeah we take those <laughs> we do that's an eighty one percent we're look at us we're getting an A here um <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> I don't have much more to talk about today. I think we've hit uh, a lot of the big talking points anyways. Only um, well, the other thing, I guess the, the one thing I should bring up is uh, um, the PHF announced today um, that they're doubling their salary cap this year.
1: I saw that. That was cool.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So, and obviously, uh, and if anyone doesn't know, Premier Hockey Federation is what the PH, PHF stands for. It's uh, Women's Pro League. Um, yeah, they are – up 750k uh to one point so they're at 1.5 mil that this year um which is about a 60k average salary for every player Um, i mean obviously that'll go up and down depending on stars or not but um it's really cool to think that like if everyone got paid the exact same amount that means that everyone's at least at like livable wage yeah um which again like that's just that's a very good step forward obviously there's still lots of room to go but um yeah, absolutely really cool to see. So I, I guess we should definitely shout that out before we go. Um Yeah, I think that's all, though. Uh, you, as always, you can find all my work at LastWordOnHockey.com uh, and find me on Twitter at NHL Sons and stuff. You can find Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66 and all this stuff at ActionNetwork.com um uh, again thank you so much to bet stamp for sponsoring this podcast as well as uh everyone for listening and uh you know if you're listening right now on a podcast app if you don't mind hitting the like and subscribe button it goes a long way to uh help us out and means a lot so uh, yeah thank you everyone so much for listening and as always we'll be back again next
1: week <laughs>